Justin. I'll start fucking with my phone. Hmm? <laughs> I'll stop fucking with my phone. What number are we on? 83. The curse continues. 82. Shit. Episode 82. Yeah, and we're back with But Justin. you did a special edition one time or something. Huh? You did a special edition where you didn't count it, I think. You're right. But that was a while ago. Okay. Anyway, Matt's dead, so we'll see if he comes back to life. But we have Justin here, as usual. We'll bring our red witch in. Bring him back to life. No. No, that's not sci-fi? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You um, haven't read the fan theory that, like, Game of Thrones is just a post-apocalyptic world? After, like, a nuclear winter? Because the map looks like Britain? Yes, something like that. Okay. Because George R. R. Martin's kind of uncreative in that way, and is like, hmm... An island must be Britain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, fuck that fat asshole. We're talking about Japanese animu today. You've you've you brought up a lot of dark things when I uh I started watching this again. A lot of dark memories of times gone past. Where I was a lot more addicted to anime. Really? Really. Is that what the show did to you? Well, no. It was actually just kind of funny because. We're talking about Psycho Bass, by the way, just to be clear. Yeah, when I watched it when it originally came out, like as it was airing. With the subs? With the subs. I actually, I couldn't, I tried to watch it with English. You couldn't like, stand it? Audio, and I, I honestly couldn't stand it. Like, these like these aren't the characters I know. Ah, uh, Shinya Koguma song. Ah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I watched it over, like, I saw, like, the dates it came out on, like, mm. the episodes as I was watching it. And, uh. I'm like, shit, I watched this over like, you know, five or six months versus like a day and a half, which I did this time. I'm like, story makes a little bit more sense when it's like compressed into like a shorter period of time than six months because I didn't make a lot of connections that I did because it was just like back to back. Well, I mean, that's actually a very interesting point, I guess, about binge watching. Maybe that's going to change the way storytelling is done because now you can actually like depend on your audience to be able to follow what the fuck's happening, especially in an anime where shit gets confusing. Well, okay, I mean, going a little bit, like, I I haven't been that into anime, like I said in earlier episodes lately, but from what I have been into, it seems like they haven't changed at all as far as, like, they haven't adopted, like, any kind of, like, Netflix model where they release a whole season at once. They just, like, they are very much on a week-to-week basis, and artists are like you know their hands are like bleeding and shit by the time like stuff goes to press still japan <clears throat> yeah like apparently like manga artists are just like completely overworked so you said you were more addicted to anime a few years ago how, uh, you say? how addicted are you now I, oh, I this is the first series <laughs> i probably watched in like half a year and the Aww. series before that i was only I was only following one series so. justin's been clean for a year and we just fucking hooked him up again yeah you you I, I fell off the wagon with this show. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't think I can do 22 episodes in a week again, though. So I'm going to do a hard veto on, like, give me two weeks or something next time if we watch a series this long. Okay. Um, would you say that the manga artists are more or less overworked than people building a bridge, for example? Um, I mean... More. Because the bridge people have unions, so they- yeah, I was just gonna say like the bridge people have unions and like uh, no, work no, no, culture no, no, no. in Japan I, is I meant like a very specific Japanese bridge construction project. I don't know what you're talking about. I over, still think the manga people are probably more over the overworked. Why? Over the river. Never mind, Justin. It was a World War II history joke. Anyway, <laughs> them Japanese, they like to work hard. Yeah, the, it, the work culture is a little insane from what I've read, but of course Matt would be able to, you know. Right. Some insight on that, but he's dead. So Matt actually lived in Japan for a Matt while. Matt did live in Japan, yeah. He but he's was dead. there uh he was there for a while and then they had to send him home because they just couldn't stand him. No, that's what he they do. T- they do that with all foreigners, don't they? Like you're you're a guy just gonna so, say he was guilty like, of being white in right. Japan. So <laughs> they, they like you and then, but they always ask you, like, you know, are you planning to go home soon? Or? Oh, how do you like Japan? <laughs> oh, it's great. When are you leaving? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to get his perspective on that when he comes back to life, right? And Yeah, I mean, that, that is something I was always curious about to hear firsthand because that is what you do hear about Japan is that it's like 
you it's very welcoming, but it's also welcoming like with the expectation that you're gonna leave. Like yes. Well, well. <laughs> I, I talked to um our mutual friend mm-hmm. of a- Asian descent. Yes, that is the one. Yeah. Um and he worked in Japan for a while, but I mean he only spoke Japanese at like a beginner level, really. And he said it was kind of funny because I guess he thought it was a little more welcoming. Because I guess, you know, he isn't, you know, white. Yeah. So it was just like they came up to him and like started talking Japanese or assumed that. It's like, oh, well, I know a little bit. Like, oh, it's like, oh, we can talk English. That's cool. Whatever. So. Yeah, I think unless you're a very handsome, blue-eyed white person, they're probably just, you know. They like Aryans. Well, you can go to China and get work as a white guy just sitting around in office because... Apparently that's a thing. Like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the whole like pet office pet white guy thing. Yeah, it's weird as shit. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? To give like legitimacy to these shitty Chinese companies, they have a white guy, like a Western European businessman looking person, come work there, and his job is just to be there and be like, "Look, we have an accomplished white guy. This is legit." It's not even joking about this, like. Like, all their marketing material will have, like, you know, like, oh, maybe, like, the CEO will be, you know, a Chinese guy or whatever. But then they'll have, like, you know, the office white guy pet just in the background or, like, doing stuff, like, Senior prominently. Senior vice president in charge of operations is John Smith. Yeah, it's, Look. it's, it's really, it's a strange <laughs> thing. Like, So, I, if I were to get one of these jobs, you're telling me that I could go over there and sit in an office, a luxurious office, in a nondescript Chinese company and just do nothing all day? I mean, it might not be a photos, luxurious office, but you won't be doing a lot of work. But they will pay me to do nothing, basically. You're a prop, yeah. I, I don't know how you get such a job, but I know they exist. How much do these jobs pay? Do you know? I mean, I guess it depends on the company. I mean, some places in China, it's pretty cheap to live in, so... Okay. I mean... I mean, it would probably have to be in a place for me with, like, minimal smog, so I know that's a tall order over there. Yeah, you have to be uh, in the boons, pretty much, to have no smog. Out in the provinces. Yeah, where, like, they have one time zone on the Far East province. Yeah, so I didn't know this. whatever. This this sounds like a sci-fi series in and of itself, just, like, putting... Whoa, transition. Yeah. Are we getting back to the actual series? (laughs) Justin, what? You're the one who told me about Psychopaths when I asked you for some good Chinese cartoons a couple of years ago. Yeah, this was a while ago. I was actually like kind of surprised you brought it up last week. I'm like, holy shit, I haven't heard that name in forever. Why don't you explain the basic? So, I mean, going into spoilers right off the bat here. Give us a quick rundown. Basically, the world of Psychopaths really is centered in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of not really said, but implied that the rest of the world has had horrible things happen to it while Japan's isolationism has like had it prosper. But um, the reason why it's able to isolate itself at this point is because they have created a system where basically it judges people based on like scanning people with like street scanners or robots that walk around or guns that you know will at a moment's notice say this guy's a criminal and either kill you or something like that so a latent criminal yeah so it won't even like you could just be like you know so like the way you can be considered latent criminal is like if you've had like high levels of stress and like when people become stressed, they could, you know, lash out against other people. So that's like a measurement of saying, oh, well, we think you're going to lash out. So we're going to nip that in the bud and, you know, call you a latent criminal, lock you up and try and get you some therapy to bring that number down. That is at the start of the series, a little bit of pixie dust. It's like, oh, how is that number made? Oh, it's called the civil system. What's that? We just use the guns. Don't worry. But then, yeah, it gets stranger because you start to find out that there are these people in society that the scanners don't work on them the guns don't work on them pretty much the whole system built around this this whole bureaucratic system to judge people doesn't work on certain people so 
But it's important to say the guns don't work on them because the scanners don't work. The guns won't shoot people who aren't. Yes. Yeah, so if the guns will completely lock up and not fire a laser, if their criminal coefficient, which judges if they're a criminal, is low enough. It'll just lock up saying, this person's not a threat. <clears throat> I'm not even going to give you the option to shoot them. So if somebody has a knife to somebody's throat and kills them right in front of you, if one of these people do, the gun won't let you shoot them still. And pretty much all, you know, weapons, as far as like guns and stuff like that goes, have been like completely outlawed. I mean, people still have, you know, tools and stuff like that. Right. Like hardware, but... I mean, the only... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the only person who has like a gun in the series I can remember is the really, really, really rich guy. Uh, Yeah, there's... So, I mean, it is like, you know... Not near future, but like a little bit further than near future kind of sci-fi, if that makes sense. 2112 on like some of the timestamps. Oh, does it? Their documents in the show. I missed that. But um, yeah, so I mean, a century from now, like the stuff that it's like everything is a hologram kind of, so you don't have to decorate your house. You just like, you know, it's like, oh, I feel, you know, renaissance-y today. So that's the hologram I'm throwing up. You have a little Super Mario character that's your yeah. butler at home. You have a little, like, you know, Alexa floating <laughs> around following yeah. you, like, making shopping recommendations. Yeah. Um. But, um. yeah, so at that point, it's, like, all laser guns and stuff like that, and people are starting to have, you know, more cybernetic implants, and some people have full cybernetic bodies. Um. And that was the rich guy Clark was talking about. So, I mean, guns are very much a relic of the past and a very, you know, kind of very high status or things you would hang on the wall or in, you know, a glass box. Because the rich guy has the guns because he likes to go hunting, but he's like the richest man in the world or something. I mean, the the guy with the full cybernetic body, the rich guy, um, he's kind of like, you know, the rich guy that would go on a safari to, you know, hunt an endangered African lion or something like that. Or eventually, you know, hunt the most dangerous game. There's a lot of other stories being told in this. uh, Yes, it is a series that kind of pulls from, you know, a lot of classical work. Um, Uh, Blade Runner, Minority Report, whatever that was actually based on. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, certainly. (laughs) uh, The Most Dangerous Game. And, uh, God, there's one more I was thinking of. Can't remember now, but... A lot of different... Yeah, and it's it's kind of like I'm 16 and so deep occasionally. Like, I don't know if you got that from watching this. See, I watched the English dub because I can't fucking stand having to read what's being said. Well, I just meant more along the lines of just like later in this series, they get into like a lot of like, you know, quoting philosophers. Oh, and edgelord like, shit, yeah. Yeah. He's like... Well, what's the what's the one thing that the, the bad guy is telling, is recommending his friend read the movie or the book? Gulliver's Travels? No, uh, oh. Titus Andronicus or like Shakespeare's tragedies or whatever he's telling somebody to read. Oh, well, that was the the girl, the, the girl the school in the girl. school. And then I think one of the detect the enforcers tells um, the inspector girl Akane is that her name to yeah to read like Rousseau or something, and they're talking about that. Yeah, so I mean, let me get back to the plot real quick just to kind of explain what we're talking about. Um, it kind of starts off where, you know, this newbie detective joins the force and basically she's a detective. She has a, she isn't a latent criminal at all. Like she has a very low crime number. She graduates from the academy, right? Um, and gets I think she takes a, like the way the society works is you take like, it seemed like an SAT equivalent type test. Mm-hmm. And then it says, you know, you can work as a grocery store clerk or you can work as a detective or you can work as a fireman type thing. What was that horrible book we read in school that had that stupid test? Was that The Giver? I think The Giver had something like that. I think The Giver did have something like that, but I thought there was another book that was... a lot of books that you read in school. Like there's an Ayn Rand book I think we read that does the same thing. The the Ayn Rand book where the guy finds the light bulb on the subway and the... The elders smash it because he's trying to privatize it or something. Yeah, I don't want to say it's the, it's not the Fountainhead, but it was it's some other book that I guess they approve for younger children to read. Or 
Yeah. <laughs> those fucks. I, I remember <laughs> those the, cr- the, the guy's character's name is like equality, like 7248 something. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the corrupt government trying yeah. to shut down the individual entrepreneur with his light bulb. <laughs> right. But uh, no, so like, give me, I was a little confused at first because I know I'm not as into anime as, as you guys are or as well versed in it, but I watched like the Funimation dub on YouTube, like mm-hmm. Clark probably did, and I thought it was okay. Like, I don't like reading the subtitles much either, but. Uh, <laughs> All the it's fine. No, it's fine. Like, I don't sound like I'm not going to like fucking like yeah. turn my nose up no, at no, you. No, no, it's, no, I know, it's a personal that's, preference. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I just like. Give you a look. I, I could not do that and uh-huh. like understand what was going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I didn't have to like read the subtitles. So everybody in this world gets, they take their exams and then they get sorted into like categories of jobs that they can do mm-hmm. and they have to choose between those. And she is the highest level of achievement so she can choose anything she wants. Yeah. Because she has a remarkably And like the highest of the high level. is, you know, government jobs pretty much, which is doesn't make any sense, but okay. Japan. Japan. Well, I mean, the the bureaucracy in this show is, you know, kind of, you know, seen as like the, ooh, like crazy. You're Contributing working. to an orderly society is the Yes, that is the goal do. of the, you know, bureaucratic systems in place and the civil system is to create a society that is, you know, you're, you're sort of like walking underneath the sword at all times, kind of. Like, you're just like, you have to, you know, be orderly and, you know, be a good citizen. 1984. I can't believe it escaped me. That's what I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. The constant monitoring and, like, trying to... Yeah, but, I mean, it's sort of like 1984 with a bit of... Brave New World. Yeah. Yeah. Brave New World because it's like, you know, you have these, like, you know, cartoon characters, like, friendly all, like, hey, like, you know, you should calm down a little bit. You're getting kind of stressed out. You don't want to become a latent criminal. Or the like the police like don't the police tape equivalent like the holographic like oh don't come in here there's been a horrible murder and it's like yeah like the anime characters yeah so yeah some of that was a little weird but <laughs> I, I it's thought, an anime uh-huh. no it's it's like but it's what Clark said that it's just the juxtaposition where there's something really horrible that happened and there's just like, like goofy looking cartoon character guy in a, like a hologram suit. It reminds me of um, <laughs> Demolition Man though. Or like the future's kind of, for lack of a better term, pussified. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean... But in there it's by choice. In this in this series it's by well, force. You well, have to be pussified But I mean it's also by or, force and demolition, man, though. Yeah. Like if you're you're bad, they send you to the freezer room. Yeah, I mean it's kind of similar really because I mean it isn't like you can sort of in this world fly a little bit under the radar. Like you can hide out in your apartment and like, you know, not go outside <laughs> and like you might not get arrested. But yeah, if you want to, you know, be a member of society and you know have access to the functions of society you got to be a little bit of, you know, a pussy and just accept the system how it is. And Or you can be like that guy in, I think, one of the earlier episodes who plans out his day route to go down streets that don't have scanners at all, so he never yeah. gets scanned, and he can be free to murder all the uh, YouTube uh, creators. <laughs> that's yeah. what it... So, I, I mean, I, no, so, like, that guy actually... I like that. Take over their accounts. <laughs> and that, that, that is pretty much what the thing is about. Yeah. I mean, it's... But the way the... The first half of the show, I would say, kind of works is it's just about like individual or seemingly individual crimes that are happening that they go and investigate. But the single thread that connects them all is this dude who can't be scanned at all. Yeah. Sort of like pushing their hand saying like, oh, hey, here's a way to kill this guy. You should totally kill them because. What's his name? Mr. Mr. Makashina or something? Uh, Yeah. Makashima. Makashimi? Makashima. Makash- I thought it was Makashimi, but okay. Yeah, Makashimi. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So he's just like, his motivation is just, he he cannot be scanned by the system. He's unscannable, but he wants to like cause Well, the way it is kind of explained in like the later episodes is he is kind of, he's been outcast by the system, so he doesn't feel part of it. Um... And the other thing is, so he's like, well, if I can't be part of the system, nobody can. But he also thoroughly enjoys 
being a human versus like being, you know, what he sees in society of just like these mindless robots of just walking around, like not having no desire or expectations and they expect this bureaucratic system to make all decisions for them. He wants to bring back, you know, a bit of savagery kind of, or just like, you know, human decision-making and whatnot. So he's really bored with the boredom of society? Kind of. And like he, you know, is the type of edgelord that goes and reads a bunch of old books and says like, oh, wow, this is so deep and... I want to, you know. I don't think he's like the, he's an edge lord though. It's like no, he kind of uses the people who are the edge lords. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all the I'm people that he manipulates, bit. like the little girl who makes like the art that's not really that great because she's just copying her her murderer dad. Yeah. Um, he was. I thought that was pretty funny. After like he just got tired of her, and then yeah, he yeah, like got the his robot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like hey. uh... New new pal, let's uh, go kill this little girl, yeah. shoot her face off. Um, like, hey, I thought you had potential, but it turns out you're just a little edgelordess and, you know, yeah. edge lady, and, you're, and now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of, that uh, part there kind of culminates with, you know, the detective agency coming face-to-face with this dude, pointing one of their, you know, guns to scan him and kill him, and finding that they can't. And so basically the guy says, you know, I want you to make the decision, not this bureaucratic system and throws a gun at one of the detectives, like a shotgun, saying like, if you want to kill me, kill me right now or I'll kill your, your friend. And, you know, this person that gets the gun is just like, has so much faith in the system that she's like, well, I can't believe that, you know, the system isn't working and her friends ends up getting her throat slit right in front of her because nice. of that. Yeah. It's a little brutal, but um yeah. I actually kind of like the gore in this series. Uh it's like it's not too much, but when it does happen, it's like fucking over the top. Like the the first guy that they kill, I think, mm-hmm. who's like raping the girl that Oh yeah, like and like they shoot him and like his whole fucking body explodes. <laughs> yeah, so the the guns have like based on how high your criminal number is, like it goes from like you know, fully locked paralyzer, like a stun gun to lethal elimination, like, which is just like disintegrator. Yeah. It disintegrates, like blows up your whole body and turns you into, you know, red mist type stuff. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of RoboCop with the, the Ed 209 thing or just like, no, (laughs) no chances you're dead. Yeah. Pretty much. Because that guy's body just like, he blew up like a balloon and then it was a big blood balloon. Like microwaved him. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It was like much. the gun from Duke Nukem that made the guys blow up. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah, definitely. But I like that, and I thought it's, it's interesting how they use people who are latent criminals as the... They're the real detectives, actually, I think. They're called enforcers, but they're the ones who really solve the crimes. Yeah, and, so a part that we kind of glossed over was... They have the detectives that are, you know, like cops, but anybody who is judged a latent criminal and the system determines has an aptitude for kind of being a detective, they get hired by the detectives to be sort of the dogs of the detectives to, you know, go hunt down other criminals and figure out cases and stuff like that. Takes then, one to no one. Is that's pretty much of, what it is. Yeah. Right. yeah. So they get a choice of either they work for the government and they stay inside the government's like mega Justice League tower. Yeah, it's like the day, a, or they get sent to the prison place, which doubles as a gas chamber. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> they can have either a gilded prison cell or you know, and a have a shitty cell. yeah, or like a really <laughs> shit prison cell where you can't get guitar strings or something. Yeah, oh. I thought I just thought it was ironic though that it would clearly if if none of those people were employed by the the police they would be incapable of solving the crimes that's kind of funny to me that like you said it takes one to know one and they're trying to get rid of this impulse in society but yet they need it to yeah administer it, the society the the thing about that is it's like it's later actually sort of shown that a lot of people that are detectives the people that you know aren't criminals by just being, you know, with these latent criminals, the enforcers for so off, like so often and being involved in all these crimes, like their criminal number will slowly go up and eventually they will end up as enforcers as well because they, you know, get to a point where they see something horrible or they just have experienced too much where 
the system determines that they are a criminal now. Like Kogami? Yeah. After his, his enforcer got murdered by the that specimen killer guy? Yeah, who was Makashimi. Or... And that pushed him over the edge? And yeah. That's why Ginoja is, like, so bitter about the whole thing? Yeah, because, I mean, he saw, you know, his friend go over to that other side, and, you know, he's essentially a prisoner now that can't ever leave the building or... It's weird, though. Have free will, but you really don't have free will in the society, so you right. start to... For all that effort, though, that they put into that, those they don't really seem that much different from the normal people. It's just they seem more competent at everything. So maybe it's like you need a little bit of the, I, I think that's the killer kind, in you to do things. I think that's kind of what they're getting at yeah. from this series, because you look at all the people, like, later in the series, they get these helmets, like the uh, Makashimi guy starts creates this helmet that basically copies the crime number of somebody near you that is the lowest. So, you know, a guy that wants to go bash someone's head and just puts on this helmet, all the scanners see this guy as he's bashing somebody's head in, just like, oh, well, your crime number is low. Okay, I'll just move on. So. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, I mean, like, and then, like, all the people that are, like, this is, like, in a town square. Like, all the people are just like, wow, that dude's bashing that girl's head in. Let me take a cell phone video. And, like, not do anything about it. Like, it's just, that pussification thing. It's like, people can't believe that, you know, violence would happen in this society anymore. It's just, so anybody who is, you know, a bit of a criminal can just, like Demolition Man, just sort of take over. Maybe you can answer one question for me. A couple questions, actually. The first question, Let's why see. do anime uh, animators draw female characters, like, with giant eyes? I don't understand. Like, I all the know. female characters have giant eyes. That's like, just a thing. Like, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as... they look like they're about to cry. It's <laughs> it's not as bad in, in this series as some other series, but, I mean, yeah, it's just a... It's just an anime thing. It's a very typical thing. And I, I also noticed this series focuses a lot on um, ceiling fans. There seems to be like many, many scenes where they just do a shot of the ceiling fan. I think that's just <laughs> like they didn't. What is that? I think that's just like a cheap way to fill like some animation time, kind of. Like you know how like the old Hanna Barbera shit, like you know they would use like repeating backgrounds, like to like fill dialogue as they're like running away from you know Ranger Rick or something. I guess. Uh, what was the ranger in Yogi? Ranger Smith. Smith? Okay. Anyway, but I, again, like, it's just like a cheap way to, like, fill dialogue time, like, Ceiling you know, fans. focusing on, like, something that isn't moving or just, like, minimal movement or you can just, like... Well, the, it, it like, I thought for a second it was like, okay, they're trying to create the illusion that things are happening because there's so much talking in this show. Mm -hmm. Like, lots of scenes of just them, people talking, but then... um. I don't know. Are they trying to set up an atmosphere or something? Like it's like you know, this is a, like a hard-boiled detective I, thing, or but it's just I, like I know, so many shots of the I know ceiling you didn't fan. Finish the entire <laughs> series, but I really felt the first like ten episodes was like slower than the last half. Yeah, because like I I binged like the first eight episodes, not not even binged like earlier in the week, and then like yesterday I watched like the last sixteen. So like and I'm like okay wow this actually I remember this actually got this picked up it's not just you know these slow like two part episodes following like a single criminal type thing but yeah I mean it it does pick up a bit and I don't remember there being as many ceiling shot fan shots but I mean there is still a lot of dialogue I think it's like there's a lot of dialogue but they don't they don't have like the like the West Wing, everybody's always talking to each other, but the way they accomplish that is like they have them do it in the hallway while they're walking from A to B. Mm -hmm. This is like, there's, like Grant was saying, to create the illusion of forward progress. Like, here's a moving thing while they talk, or right. someone's cooking while they talk, because otherwise it would just be like... Two people talking, doing nothing. Yeah. Right. One of, one of the first episodes <laughs> of um, House MD, the doctor show, he actually breaks the fourth wall and says that like they had these characters as and why are we walking around like this? And he's like, Oh, it's to give the illusion of the plot moving forward. So that's what I always remember when <laughs> I see these things because it's like, it's so true. They want me looking at that ceiling fan because it's telling me we're going to get somewhere <laughs> pretty soon. 
But I don't find the dialogue disinteresting in this. Like it, it is actually pretty interesting. I didn't, I didn't think anything was wrong with that. Especially, uh, seems like she has a lot more interesting conversations with the older guy with the robot hand. Yeah. Than most of the other characters. I mean, that's Masaoka is that his name? Yeah, Masaoka. Spoiler: Gino's dead. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Too that's bad. why he's so angry. Yeah, that's oh. why Gino's so like also like against you know getting close with these enforcers because his dad's one and it's like, well, I don't want to be like my dad and become, you know, one of them. <laughs> Spoiler. He does. And he also okay. gets a robot arm. So that's okay. <laughs> I'll still probably talk poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I could think during that scene. In the last well, I, I do have to say that it, <laughs> it, it rhymes better in this show than it, it, it did in what you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it does get a little more, Interesting. I thought the dialogue, once they start focusing more on just, I keep messing up his name in my head, like Makashimi. Yeah. And I, they focus more on him and the Sybil system itself mm-hmm. because it starts to talk about like society as a whole and why it has accepted this system and why anybody would want to live under this system or tear it apart type thing, like the pros and cons kind of of a system like this and spoiler it's the jews <laughs> um in japan huh? what there's a oh there's <laughs> the worldwide conspiracy is in japan too what i mean it i'm kidding about the jews but it is kind of like a you know there's a cabal illuminati kind of like secret self-selected yeah. bilderberg group type of so people. like again i have a question about how it ever got started with the way this happened yeah. But um, basically for Grant and anybody who hasn't seen this show and doesn't care about spoilers, the Sybil system is actually just the minds of all these people who can't be scanned, who have done horrible things in the past, like, you know, blow up stadiums or kill people and none of the scanners can get them. Basically, the government takes their brains and puts them in a giant, like, parallel processing computer where, you know, because of their experiences of not being judged by things that they judge other people in that way. So it's similar to how they use the enforcers. So it's, again, they have to know yeah, but a criminal again, to find them. There's another level here, though, because basically as an enforcer, you're still just a you know low level on the totem pole, just a dog. Whereas these people, they have ascended from their bodies and they are judge, jury, and executioner over society. They have like essentially become gods over the society. So you take your worst people and you put them in a big like computer and that's how you And basically you say like society. Oh, you have, you know, bad thoughts, so we're gonna, you know say you're a criminal type thing. Seems like there might be some problems with that that I'm gonna see if I finish watching this. I mean the way they explain it is like basically, you know, since they have, you know, like two hundred and fifty some brains that are all these, you know, unscannable Anomalies. people anonymously? Yeah. Anomalies. Anom- I'm going to say it. Okay. <laughs> um, that, you know, you sort of have all these brains come to a conclusion by, like, you know, speaking with each other in a parallel fashion. They just be like, well, I think he's a criminal. Well, I don't. Well, why don't you think he's a criminal? Well, because of this. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay, then he's not a criminal, but on, like, a massive scale. Huh. That reminds me of this movie from the 70s i think it was called the uh, the star chamber where it's like a bunch of judges get together in like a secret cabal and they just decide like whether they're gonna kill a criminal or not <laughs> like or um the Very dirty hairy movie uh magnum force you ever see that one where these cops start just deciding like that they're just gonna execute criminals because they're just sick of their shit mm-hmm. and i don't know seems a lot like that but well it, better than some of the source material that we were talking about i noticed that with this thing like this thing i know we talk about how a lot of sci-fi or most every sci-fi is every story is can't be original now it's all everything's de- deriving from something else but this is like this is way better realization of this concept than like judge dread yeah i mean it really pulls especially like, the stallone judge dread i think like this <laughs> it, it pulls bits and pieces from a lot of stories rather than like, oh, well, this is just like, you know, Star Wars, A New Hope, just with different characters. It's, you know, a little bit of flavor from, you know, 
Blade Runner, a little bit of flavor from Demolition Man, a little bit of flavor from, you know, like you said, Dirty Harry or something. Like it's, I see a lot of the Blade Runner stuff and the designs for the the animation and the the way the city is portrayed. Like it's all glo- there's no, no sunshine. I noticed that it's all gloomy. Yeah, there's not a lot of everything's day shots. dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, I think that's also like I think it, that's the way it's meant to be. Like as far as like the atmosphere they're trying to go for. Because, like, when they go out into the country where there's, like, a lot fewer scanners and, you know, oversight, it usually is, you know, bright green, daylight, sunny. Yeah. It seems like most people who live in the city experience the better things in life through the the holography in their homes. Yeah, I mean, Or through, like, their visors where they can get into, like, the... um, interactive version of youtube the site the kamu network kamu network yeah something like that yeah but i mean it's it's sort of kind of saying along those lines like you know nothing in this society really is concrete it's all just you know smoke and mirrors as far as like what things are and how things work kind of but the masses believe it they buy it yeah i mean and they you know that's what the civil system basically tells some of the characters like People need to believe this thing works in order to have a stable functioning society. Even if it is a horrible fucking idea to put a bunch of, you know, criminal minds together and judge people. It's like a means to the end. Like they're that's what it is for the system. That's how the system sees itself. So it's a little it's a little depressing though that the one place that people can go to to really act out anything they want to do or express their opinions is they have to log into this commune network and Go to like Spooky Boogies like channel or something. Oh god, <laughs> you you don't even want to know what that sounds like in Japanese. It's fucking hilarious. Spooky Boogie, it's like Spooky Boogie, <laughs> Spooky Boogie. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's hilarious. Like, it's like a it's like a uh, humanoid cat lady who hangs herself on her castle. And I then... <laughs> the way I sort of thought about those channels was like closer to what we have with Twitch right now, as far as like you have these people that are like, you know, they put on an act or a show and like, you know, people can interact during their live like, sessions. So you two like can dress up as a douchebag court jester and like give people life advice. And something your- like <laughs> that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, we're taking comments from the chat. All right. Who's got a question? Type yeah. Thing. What was that thing from Caprica called? Oh, uh, the thing that they log into and it's like the real, it's like a realistic simulation of the world. Yeah, V-World Matrix, yeah, v, whatever it's called. V-World or something. But I, I thought that was really interesting, though, uh, compared to this, because I know in that, wasn't there that like hacked underground version where you got one life, and if yeah, you, got, yeah, if you yeah. got killed in the virtual world, you can never log back in again? And that's where all the interesting stuff in the world happens. I said I just, It was similar to this. Not that you can't ever go back if your character or your avatar is killed, but... Uh, I don't know. It seems like the high price of living in a society where you have to be happy and yeah, like you know, low stress all the time is like it's it's just a really it's a lot of fucking work to be I, like, <laughs> no stress all the, the time. thing. I kind of thought through this series is like wow, like the social contract is kind of fucked in this society. Yeah, like, like I don't much- think I would trade all of what you need to trade to live here to you know get the benefits of it. Well, just like how productive a society is, this is what I wonder watching it. It's like how much of their their collective productivity goes into um, maintaining uh, low stress levels. It it feels very <laughs> like, I mean, not to this extreme, but Jetson-esque as far as like the amount of work people need to do. Like, oh, I went into work today, honey, and I pressed the button, you know, 47 times. Like, yeah. It's sort of like that level of work, it seems like, in the society. Like, nothing seems terribly hard unless you're a member of, you know, these detectives or whatever. Because it's yeah, like, it's oh, like, I had an office job, like, because I got, you know, C minuses in all my tests. Like, that was one of the girls' complaints. Unless you're one of the few people who has a real job in the society, it seems like everything is basically done for you. You know, like the little, um, toad guy that lives in your house the hologram guy who like wakes you up every morning he makes your food Mm -hmm. uh like he plans your day for you and i guess the only thing he doesn't do is like you know 
scrub you while you shower? <laughs> That's like, well, the like, only thing I didn't see. I, I just <laughs> don't understand, like, I mean, it, you know, Makashimi sort of brings up, like, I don't know how people can have, you know, desires or, you know, a purpose in the society when, like, everything is just given to you like it is. Because, I mean, like, what's the fucking point of living if you're just, like, all your desires are met, like, you know, the moment you wake up in the morning. Like, what's the point of getting out of bed? See, to me, though, when I when I was watching, especially, like, I think it's the second or the third episode, having all their basic needs and everything you ever desired given to you, it seems to, like, drive a lot of people to have, like, um, desires that are way outside of the spectrum of normal behavior. Like, you know, when... People have everything, and it's it's just boredom. Their mind goes to a place where, like, hmm, maybe I should murder somebody, you know, because at least then I can feel something, and it'll be an well, experience. Yeah, some of the people do go that direction, but then, you know, there's the people that just, you know, eat from the trough and just like, oh, well, this is great. Like, right, like her girlfriends who, like, work in retail and yeah, bitch about not having a good job or whatever because they didn't do well in their, like, SATs or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. The spooky boogie exam. Yeah, the spooky boogie. Yeah. Spooky boogie. There is probably a 10-hour YouTube video of, like, spooky boogie just being said over and over, and there is a fly on this mic stand. Kill it. Oh, the mic going to make a horrible noise. Kill it. You won't get it. It's too fast. Spooky boogie. It's on the back, but your criminal coefficient went up, Justin. I'm sorry. What is So what are the other people's names? The spooky boogie, the, the, the jester guy? Well, the... That whole, like, net series just lasted, like, maybe, like, two episodes. Yes, and then the Mega Man guy that, like, they also, the the murderer also killed that guy's uh, user account guy. Yeah, so it was basically a super fan controlling all these, like, accounts of dead people. And making them better. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I must, I'm such a big fan, I must, like, make your character better to make you more money. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, Yeah, again, like, it was just, you know. Hey, here's a way to kill people in a great fashion. Just go and do it. I, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of references, pop culture references, Western pop culture references that that Makashima guy um, get. Like when he gives the uh, factory employee the floppy disk that mm-hmm. lets him pro. It's Johnny Mnemonic says on the floppy disk. I thought that was funny. And uh, he he talks with the schoolgirl a lot about the the Shakespeare plays. Yeah, there's a lot of like. European philosophy that goes on in the show. Like specifically mentions to the other man who's on his side, uh, like a movie or something, and says, "Watch the." I always forget that dude's name. Can't remember what movie it was though. Wasn't Blade Runner? Was it? It might have been Blade Runner. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because he's like, make sure you watch the director's cut. Like it's superior. Like the director's cut that like which one, Mister Makashima? Yeah, I think it's Blade Runner, which is remarkably self-aware because if you substitute in the hunt for latent criminals to be the hunt for the replicants who escape, you know, working on Pluto or whatever the fuck, like it is actually a very well, similar mean, kind of story. Later in the series, there are there there's at least one android, like full on, like undetectable android character. Yeah. So I mean it kind of does have a bit of Blade Runner going on, but I mean, as far as, like, the actual, you know, hunting this group of whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, this little team of people who go track them down and hunt for them, and they, you know, seal off the area. There's kind of, especially, like Grant was saying, the visuals, too. It is obviously inspired by Blade Runner, to With an anime twist, yeah. I would say a great extent. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I, I, I'm just thinking back to, like, you know, other things it references now, and... The scanners before they like turn into like the little cutesy robot shit. It kind of reminds me of a uh, what are those things in Ghost in the Shell? The giant like robot things. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Did you know what I'm talking about? With like the little like tri eyes that yeah, like yeah, spin yeah. around. It kind of looks like those those on the scanner. Little like scanner Doctor Who robot things. <laughs> Daleks. Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, a cross between a Dalek and a, those robots from Ghost in the Shell. A trash can in a car. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> anyway. Oh, let me, yeah, but, it's, you know, Japanese people take influences from other stuff sometimes. Yeah. Another movie I can think of, Blade Runner came out in... 1982. 
Okay, I was going to guess 1981, but <coughs> I know Akira came out in 1988 because I was born. And I, I mean, come on. There, you can't you can't watch Akira without like seeing Neo Tokyo and being like, hmm. It's a little less grim than Neo something Tokyo. looks familiar. Yeah, like this show, it's it's not as grim as Neo Tokyo. Yeah, Neo no, Tokyo no. is like Mad Max Tokyo. Yeah. I feel like this, this is like a kind of like a saccharine, you know, yeah. layer on. It's like Brave New World. There's like everything is fun, and we're going to get together and have our orgy and talk about Henry Ford, and everything's great. We love it. We're going to go play escalator golf and shit. Like, or we're going to get together in a club and have a cosplay party with our with our online character yeah. like Garb. <laughs> and like the all of society is just like be happy, be happy. Like oh, here's a distraction. Here you go. And then there's this little select cabal of the world controller people who get to decide who basically lives and dies. Yeah, and I mean, and this series, this series focuses much more on you know the the edge cases of you know horrible things happening because I mean they are detectives that focus on that. The edge cases, <laughs> edge lords. What are you What are you laughing about? I just think that's because of the edge lord. Oh, okay. I was like the pun literal edge cases. Like I'm Nietzsche, but I'm I God. mean, <laughs> like if you're not focusing on you know those things, it is Brave New World pretty much. Like like yeah. you were saying, because it's Brave New World with better technology instead of just controlling people with soma and drugs and shit. They've eliminated the need for that because they can just. Yeah, all their desires are taken and, care of. So yeah, and then provide you it's like a like, super super basic income. I mean, and so the animation itself, I thought was pretty decent. I haven't watched that much anime, but it reminded me of a cross between Cowboy Bebop and it, Outlaw Star style animation. I like the intro a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a second intro that's actually intro. pretty good too. But um, where you actually have the songs on my iPod? Um, <laughs> yeah. E. That's when I was really into anime and had it playing in my car. Got looks from guys walking or walking on the street while I drove by. Um, Did you roll the window up near Japanese people? <laughs> Turn down the music like office space. <laughs> um, no, the the animation actually is well, it is pretty good. But uh, I mean, I forget what year it was. There was like a big change from like you know hand-drawn animation to digital that like happened where a lot of the series started to look really similar but i mean this one is done pretty well is this one digital or yeah i think so okay well it looks a lot of it looks like it was hand-drawn which is cool um i guess the digital technology works but then you can there's some parts of it like the the dominator gun effect it reminds, like, I just thought of that uh, show that used to be on Toonami, uh, the Zoids. It looked a lot like that, that kind of animation. Oh. It's like the CGI anime stuff, and it, mm-hmm. it I don't know. It, it looked kind of funny, but it's still, it's fun. It killed a lot of people, so. Yeah, but I mean, just going to, like, the production, like, this, the guy who wrote this series, like, wrote a bunch of other stuff that I told Clark about. This Urubuchi guy. Yeah, this Urubuchi guy. Um, Dig up the quote you said. Gen Urubuchi. But I thought it was interesting. It said that he had nothing to do with the second season, which no. is why it sucked. And I, I <laughs> think I watched like a first like episode or so of the second season, and I just like it didn't draw me in. And I read some reviews after I finished this one. Like <laughs> it was basically like, yeah, this this thing fucking sucked. Like, don't even bother watching it if you like the first season. Here's a quote from the quote you sent me from Gen Urubuchi. I have a, I'll read it normally. I have nothing but contempt for the deceitful thing men call happiness and find myself with no choice but to push my characters, whom I pour my heart and soul out to create, into the abyss of tragedy. Wow. And he's wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses, so. So he doesn't yeah, that sound is, very happy. That is a very much a reoccurring theme because. I can't remember what series I watched first. Like, there's another girl, uh, another series called like Magical Girl Madoka, which I mean, it's a lot darker than it sounds because this guy wrote it. And then there's another series called Fate Zero. There's this one. There's a visual novel that's really fucked up that all this guy wrote, and they're all just like, wow, that those characters are just like. It, I mean, not to like spoil those things, but like anything this dude writes, like. Characters get fucked hardcore in the end, like 
tentacle porn? Uh, in the visual novel, yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. At least I know what I'm getting into. Now. But I mean, like, it's like the way he tells stories. It's like you know, you know. Okay, I know I'm probably not going to get a happy ending, so it's kind of nice to, you know, go into a series expecting but it rhymes, that. Though. It rhymes, just like poetry. Because um, at the end, she's got a new recruit with her. Yes. And the guy who's the, um, what's his face? Gin? Ginjo? Ginjo. Gino. Gino. Gino Ja. Gino Ja, yeah, yeah. He gets off the transport. Yeah, and he's become an enforcer just and like his dad. And he's an enforcer, and just then like she tells friend. the new girl, like, they're fucking animals. Don't talk to them. Yeah. But she has too much faith in the system. So, just that, yeah, it. that was a very Japanese ending. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so like basically the girl was given a choice at some point in the series, you know, it was revealed to her the full extent of the civil system and basically said, you're going to help me maintain a stable society and I know you're going to do this because, you know, we've already determined that you will. So, I mean, she's like, she basically gives into like, you know, what her nature is. It's like, well, I do want a stable society. So I am going to help this evil system that is in place to help create that good society. And she carries it on like, you know, the status quo to, you know, have a decent society, but, you know, have the edge cases shunned by it, kind of. Can't do anything. Yeah, it really is, you know, can't do anything, nothing matters. No edgelords. Which, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of a depressing ending. And I wish they hadn't made a second season. That sort of like, but you know, it, that, but, that's yeah. such an American thing, though. I always, I always think is that everything has to have like a happy or neat resolution. Well, I've always noticed that. There's plenty of like, Japanese animes right. that like they're all happy endings, right? Right, but, but there, but it seems like here in all our media, it's that's what we really want is we always want like a neat resolution or more specifically a happy ending where I see the rest of the world. And I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but the, like in a lot of other countries that do film, there's a lot more fuzziness to it or depressing endings. Like you said, I'm not saying you, it's good or bad, but I, I just think noticed it's more the just the mass, like, uh, like summer blockbuster type movies really, almost have to follow that like you know right there's a happy ending type stuff i mean if you go into like art house and indie films like there's a little probably more bittersweet type ending sort of stuff or you know not like horribly like you know all your children are dead and you're like homeless or something like that type endings but i mean maybe but i mean it it is a popular thing to have happy endings here is kind of what i'm saying well let's say my point is that i hope this guy doesn't like just keep making tentacle porn just like, or whatever well, uh, he's doing. So the, the, make some more stuff because this was actually pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I know he's done some other things kind of along similar lines. Um, but again, like after, I think, probably around the time this series aired, I sort of tapered off anime. Not like this killed my interest in it, just I had been going too hard too long type of stuff. So. Too much tracks on your arms from all the anime. Yeah. But uh, it, it, I know he went on to do some other stuff. I didn't follow it. But at the time, you know, this series and some other ones came out that he wrote, I did, you know, every season it's like, oh, you know, General Butcher is coming around again. Like, that's, what's his nickname online? So, you know, this series should be good. It should be a full of, like, you know, a lot of hopelessness and despair. Get excited, guys. <laughs> so he takes a long time to get things done. Is that the... Well, it's not like he takes a long time to get things done, just like he's not a writer for every season that anime was coming out, because there's the way anime works, it's like you either have 11 or 22, or you usually don't have like three quarters long, but it's like all the seasons are in quarters and very much stuck to that, so it's like, oh, there's a new show about like basketball players coming out in the fall, and then in the winter, it's, you know, soccer players, and then spring it's like lacrosse or something like that like and these are shows that they make i don't know if there's a lacrosse one but there definitely are multiple soccer ones multiple basketball ones there's actually a long running and like what's the catch is it just about a soccer team at a high school or is it like somebody on the team is a cyborg or something um i remember our mutual asian friend that we were talking about earlier uh one soccer series that he actually watched and i watched one episode of 
was like, and like, this isn't a horrible spoiler or anything, just like literally in the first episode, like his brother dies and then like somebody pretending to be his brother comes back dressed up like an alien to like teach him soccer at night. It's okay. strange. Uh, strange, but it sounds... <laughs> Again, like it has like different catches. Interesting. It's like, you know, oh, like you're a football player, but you have like some superpowers, but the other team has superpowers too. Well, like I know I've heard of and seen weirder, dumber sounding shit. So, and I've paid for it, so it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, but this Gen guy is not like he's not like Germ. He doesn't take forever. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he he knows how to actually write something and get it out. Um, yes, Germ. Still waiting on Germ. I have We're a convention be- to go to, and now I have to finish. I'm midway my through Germ's first book, and I gotta say, he's really, really good at what he does. But uh, I know I'm gonna hit that wall. That like, there's no more books. <laughs> have you, how many uh, times has uh, fat dribbled down people's chin into their beard? You know, my theory about that after reading so many of those paragraphs is that, <laughs> like. It just must have been whatever he is hungry for at that point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it like, is. He's at the keyboard and he's just like, man, I could go for a roast pheasant or whatever. <laughs> and he's just writing about it like so hard. He's writing about it and getting that chapter done because he wants to go out and like make that or go to Boston Market or whatever. <laughs> Seems to be the only logical conclusion you can draw <clears throat> from that other than, or he has a really great imagination for just He's thinking about food a lot. Mm-hmm. Geology. He likes geology. The geology of food. <laughs> I have a fan convention to go to, and then I'm writing the history of the rocks near Dragonstone. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have. <laughs> I'm working on a geological survey of Westeros instead of writing my next book. Well, see, Matt was telling me that I had to um, buy like the companion book about, like, the world. Uh, yeah, there's a, I mean, this is not sci-fi at all and we're kind of getting off track, but well, whatever. It is there's a sci-fi. world of ice and fire book where it does go into the background of a lot of the <clears throat> ancient families' histories that are sort of more or less like hinted at through multiple chapters and given more detail in this book. Um, but I mean, it's by no means required reading. Yeah, it's by no means required. And it's actually kind of clever, I think how it was written because it was written in the fashion of um, like a scholar in that world. So it's not some omniscient author, you know, I made this world character. It's, oh, well, this is a compendium of like all the family's histories of books in this big library that, you know, I found and written down on paper. So it's kind of like in the beginning of each chapter in Dune, there's like an excerpt from that Princess Irulian's, uh, um, yeah, it's really similar to that. Okay. But I mean, it's a full on like encyclopedia type book. But again, like it, there's like times where like an author would be like, and you know, X hopped out the window and, you know, climbed down a rope and escaped. Whereas, you know, this would just be like, and he vanished suddenly and nobody knows where he went or what happened to him afterwards. Like, you know, it's left as a question to the ages. Uh, he was last seen bringing George his breakfast tray. Pretty much. Well, I bring it up because I do enjoy the world building stuff, and well, the like. I'm I'm a little disappointed now that I you told get... me that Psychopaths. Well, first, there's only two seasons, and the second season really blows. According well, to everything we said, I'll say this: like the if you just watch the first season and like go through it, it does a good job of explaining the world and like what it is and how it functions. And I feel like it's a satisfying conclusion. I mean, if you're okay with the satisfying conclusion of nothing matters, so don't bother. Like, I mean, that's the conclusion of this series. It's like, this is a system. A system that we have sucks, but if we were to overthrow it, it would be even worse. So let's just keep the status quo is the kind of depressing message it sends at the end of it. Join... <clears throat> join Japanese society as a cog. Yes, that's pretty much it. Just like, do your fucking job and stop complaining. Keep uh, your haru down and do your jobu. Yes. So, I mean, and that's the series. Like, there's some questions left, you know, open, but I feel like you don't need to have every, you know, I dotted and T crossed in a, you know, series because it's like, See, I can't well, their story's so. over. I mean, they're just going right. to go hide in the woods type thing. Like, that's it. 
They don't need to come back. Like their character arc is done. Like that's it. I can't wait until this gets into the hands of American like people for IP purposes. Oh, so they can make a movie out of it? Yeah, like Michael Bay is going to do the movie and the end of it is not like, I'm going to join this system and keep it going because it's the best we've got. I'm going to fucking blow it up! Yeah, I'm going to remote control pilot a cruise missile right into the fucking brain system and blow that shit up! And then the end of the movie is going to be, yeah, a lot of explosions and the civil system is going to be breaking down and it's going to be like, why did you do this? You ruined everything. And it's like, no, you ruined everything and toss a grenade in there and You know, like walk away. I'm picturing it now. (laughs) I'm picturing it now. This could be a great movie with like Arnold as one of the older enforcers or something who has to be handled by Channing Tatum or something. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> enforcer, can you help me solve the prime? And you know, like Dylan, you son of a bitch, like every five seconds or something. <laughs> well, it would be what? Maybe Jonah Hill could be the grizzled, angry detective who hates Arnold, his father, no, and jo- Channing Jonah Tatum Hill, could be the recruit. Jonah Hill is going to be one of like the little guys who's like committing crimes or whatever. He's going to be like the fucking guy who's killing people online and taking their profiles and stuff. <laughs> what if Jonah Hill turned out to be the the Nietzsche guy, the bad dude, Makashitsa yeah. or whatever? Makapizza. Like, but turned, yeah, yeah, well, okay, that'd see, be like Keanu Reeves. If, Judd Apatow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably Keanu would be better. Oh. <laughs> I'm just imagining that now. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Keanu's, like, good with, like, you know, kung fu and shit, so. Well, that's actually something I was really impressed by is that when they were, I can't remember what it is, Shinya Kogami? Kogami. And um, Minestrone Soup, they were fighting each other. It was, like... Yeah, he like was trying to use like, some kind of martial arts or something, and the, I, there I was, was like a whole lot of like judo and stuff going on as yeah. far as like holds and stuff that were happening. I'm like, I was like watching this again. I'm like, I don't particularly remember the fight scenes being great, but like these are actually like pretty like detailed. It's not like freaking you know Force Awakens where they're just like swinging you know swinging lights around. It's actually some thought about like you know. Okay, Adam. Pinned and stuff. Swing the lightsaber here. Yeah. Hey, don't get the cross guard too close to you, because we got to put that in in post. This is I. Um, I remember reading this at the time, trying to find out what. Um, can never say, remember his name. Minestrone was doing like what his fighting was. Makashima. Makashima. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, Mister Makashima. All right, Mister Moto. Uh, it's something called Silat is what I was looking. It's like a indigenous form of judo from Indonesia. Hmm. But there are a bunch of people who were like on this forum post I was reading about who were praising how accurate it was and why it was the better choice for him to fight Kokomi because Kokomi was using this kind of martial art. Like it's very detailed. Yeah. I mean, like some of the, like you can say like, oh, anime is just, you know, Chinese cartoons for kids, like that sort of joke or whatever. But like, some of the production quality that goes into just the designs and whatnot, it's like surprising. Like if you read into it more, it's like Wait, define this for me though. Is it Chinese or Japanese? It's, I'm not it's Japanese. Sure, the 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 sort of meme online is like you know people who watch anime just watch Chinese or Mongolian cartoons, but okay. it's because I'm actually primarily of, Japanese. I'm not aware of any animated shows that come out of China or Mongolia. There, they suck. There's um oh shit, what is the movie um. I can't remember the movie's name. It's like really picturesque and has like great scenery and whatnot. I'm going to think of it. It seems like all the good stuff comes out of Japan. But there's like a really highly praised Japanese movie that's like a drama. That's an anime that came out. And then like a year later, there is a movie that comes out in China that has like shot for shot, like the exact same shit, except like instead of like a pink, you know, tree or whatever there's like a blue one <laughs> oh, typical story when are they gonna yeah. learn when can't copy your way to greatness no oh, they are they're a nation of davids <laughs> wow <laughs> it's a meta podcast observation Connect, <laughs> connecting it to a, a previous podcast it is true, though, and that's that's definitely something I'd say about Psychopaths to anybody who hasn't watched it, is that it is very creative, even though it draws from a lot of different dystopia or fake utopia stories you might be familiar with. 
But that's why I liked it again, because it actually treated those ideas better than some of the things it's drawing from. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Judge Dredd is a goddamn joke. I mean, we talked about it. It is a joke. We know, <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. And this definitely. one is actually, like, takes that kind of stuff seriously and does something with it, whereas Judge Dredd is, like, you know, about a high-functioning like retard, we basically said like dispensing <laughs> the justice. Law. Yeah, the law. Goodbye, Hershey. This is the law. <laughs> I like the law. Yeah, it' good. So, Justin, hmm. it' real good. What? What's your final thought on Psychopaths? I liked it. It's a good series, and um, if you like the storytelling in this, I would recommend going to give his other work some a chance. Madoka, I mean, it is. It looks like a Sailor Moon show, but it it's like this. It gets dark. Your final thought, Grant? It was fun. I enjoyed it. Worth the time. I would say the exact same thing. It's worth the time to watch it. There's a lot of episodes, but it's very good, and it's one of the few animes that I've seen, and granted, I haven't seen a whole lot, but it has like a mature adult story that has some... QC shit trapping it, but once you realize what that's there for, I think it's an, an excellent uh, depiction of like a society that's being controlled by, I don't know, their desire to not... What am I trying to think? The urge to stick your hand in the sand and pretend everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Much like we do on this podcast. Everything is okay, though. Nothing's wrong in the world. You're right, so it's time to end the podcast before something goes wrong. See how I did that?